Bing bong. I am back with back to back state of Bitcoin episodes. This time I am joined by the leader of the Knoxville Bitcoin network at Bitcoin KBN, who also works for Grid, G-R-I-I-D, a Bitcoin mining company. So we get into his Bitcoin origin story, what it's like running a Bitcoin meetup, what it's like working for a Bitcoin mining company, and surprisingly being one of the few Bitcoiners, uh, and why the University of Tennessee football is trash. Just kidding, all you Knoxvillers out there, but not really Giga Maggies. And uh, then we dive into a bunch of different stories um, relative to the Bitcoin space. So we introduce uh, this story about Bitcoin price falling. So push Bitcoin to the edge. It is dead. Just kidding. Bitcoin is alive and thriving. But it is the first time in its history that eight straight red weekly candles have happened. Um, So we get into that. Then we get into the use or the potential use of ocean thermal energy conversion to be used to mine Bitcoin. The Oslo Freedom Forum that's going on right now. The Central African Republic creating a Bitcoin island. Bitcoin being taught in 40 high schools to over 4,000 high schoolers in Argentina, and Balenciaga and other luxury brands accepting Bitcoin payments. Now, check it out and tune in for this episode. But as always, as always, this is not financial advice. So please, please, please do not take anything that me or the guest said as financial advice. They're strictly our opinions and our opinions only. And uh, our opinions and not the opinions of our employers or anything like that. So let's get into the episode. Whoosh. Bing bong. I am live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast. I hope you guys were able to join me yesterday. If not, you should check that out. But first, I want to shout out my node at MyNodeBTC on Twitter and MyNodeBTC.com. They are helping me out with podcasting 2.0. And uh, that should be up and running now. So you guys should check me out on either like Breeze or Fountain or one of those other podcasting 2.0 apps. And if you feel the need, then stream me sats and I'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. Now, today I got a very, very special guest. I've got uh, the, I guess the host or the organizer, I don't even know how to, what to call it, of the Knoxville Bitcoin meetup all the way out in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I'm going to pull him up. Hey, man, how are you doing today? What's happening, Brandon? Good. Uh, glad to be here. Appreciate you asking me. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, let's get things started. Uh, so let's, uh, you know, go into your orange pill story and like how you found Bitcoin. Uh, so it was, uh, I'm still fairly new, got into Bitcoin in uh, early 2021, first heard about it, uh, texting my neighbor who I grew up uh going to his house, like tutoring him when he was in fourth grade. We played with ball in the backyard and stuff. And he's like eight years younger than me or so. And he messaged me like something was going on around January 6th. And he's like, oh, Bitcoin's going to love it. And I was like, what's that? And then like he didn't reply or something. And then, um, uh, you know, had a few touches in between and then did my first uh, smash buy on February 18th of 2021. And uh, just went hard down the rabbit hole it since then. So, uh, yeah, he, him and his dad got got me going hard. So. Wow, that's awesome. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, I see you're out in Knoxville. And so uh, I have to ask you this one question. Why is the University of Tennessee so trash at football? I don't know, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have an opinion on that because I just moved to Knoxville uh, like less than three months ago from Bakersfield, California. Okay. So, All right. Uh, I got you. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Okay. However, I, I am a baseball fan over football, and their baseball team is pretty good this year, so I went out and watched the game. They're number one in the nation, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I went to uh, Texas A&M for grad school. So I, ha- I was going to give you a little hard time about the uh, University of Tennessee football, but well, um, they, they, they bleed orange like Bitcoin does. So I, you know, I am starting to lean towards them for sure. Yeah, that's fair. That orange is kind of disgusting, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, so uh, yeah, baseball guy then, huh? So you're out in Bakersville. That's uh, Northern California. Is that correct? Central. Central oh, Valley. Central. Okay, so who is your MLB team then? Uh, Dodgers. 
Dodgers. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Cubs fan. So we, we got one from you in 2016 and that's about yeah. it. You guys uh, sustained it while we, uh, we fell fallen off a cliff, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I know that's sports and that's life. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, back to Bitcoin and uh, I hope you enjoy Knoxville. Knoxville's beautiful. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I went to school in Memphis and, and there, so I, I got out to Knoxville and that side of Tennessee is very pretty. So, uh, and it seems like there's a lot of, uh, you know, Bitcoiners kind of congregating over there. I know that you got Nashville meetups, very big, um, and you're starting the Knoxville meetup. So how is that experience going starting a meetup in maybe not the, the biggest city, but, you know, very close, um, you know, maybe like three or so hours, right? From, yeah, from- three, oh, three hours. Yeah, so close enough to a big um, hub like Nashville. Um, are you getting like some good traction in uh, your your meetup and, and kind of starting that off? Yeah, um, so it's, you know, this Southeast region is uh, really kind of starting to flourish as Bitcoin, you know, populations. And, um, you know, this meetups are all over the place around here. You could, within two hours, from Knoxville, you could go to several different meetups. Um, there's Chattanooga, um, Asheville's within a couple hours in North Carolina, uh, Huntsville's like three hours away. Um, so there's there's all kinds of uh, Lexington above us. Um, so lots of opportunity around here. But I was starting a meetup back home in Bakersfield before I moved to Knoxville, and. Um, Right when I moved here, I, was, I went to the Nashville meetup on my first night in Tennessee, and I saw the atmosphere at that, and I was just like, oh, man, like, I got to keep meetups going, and I want to try to work towards something like this, like, for Knoxville or, you know, wherever I'm living. And um, so, yeah, I just started going hard at it, and um, after a couple of weeks, uh Justin from Huntsville group messaged me on uh, Telegram. He's like, hey, what's this about? And he, it was another Knoxville Bitcoin meetup group starting up. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, just thought I'd let you know. So I end up messaging him and I was like, hey, looks like you're trying to do this. Let's work together. And it's been a great relationship. Uh, my buddy Connor and um he does all the like PowerPoint stuff, information, technical. He built us a website. Um, and then I'm working on doing the organizing of the meetup, planning that all out and just trying to network that out, you know, for now. Um, so it actually our relationship messaged super well. And, uh, you know, we so far have gotten our first meetup. We had 17 people. And then um, last night we had 20. So. Uh, we have a good group of guys. There's engineers there, and that's a beautiful thing. Like so many different people, and a lot of intellectual people. Um, engineers. We got uh, traditional finance people. A couple Bitcoin miners. Um, we got a grad student at UT from Vietnam who wrote a, a paper for school on Bitcoin mining and proof of stake versus proof of work. Um, so just some really cool people who were coming across here and um you know we're in the early stages uh i found a great venue uh the mirage downtown and the owner's been generous enough to give us a free space once a month all we have to do is take care of the bartender they got food uh nice big venue uh downstairs private hookah lounge if you want that uh so it's been starting off really well for just being here for under three months. And, but, you know, like I said, I got a couple of buddies helping me do it. Another buddy of mine uh, from work and then my buddy Connor. So um, it's not easy getting it going. It's, it could be a lot of work. And for anybody trying to start meetups, you know, don't, you see these bigger meetups, don't get down on yourself, just be persistent. And I spend a lot of time trying to network it out and get the word out about our group. And uh, you could ask my fiance. I do a little bit much on it. So I appreciate her being patient with me and supporting me through this. So she definitely makes that easier because she, if she hated it, that would not be easy to do. So, 
Hey, man, uh, good on you for all that. And I mean, 20 is nothing to scoff at. I know that there's, you know, some of these big meetups and people look at, you know, Nashville and Austin who have like 150 or whatever. But, you know, in like a normal metropolitan city, even, you know, I'm in Tampa and now there's kind of, uh, you know, there was a Bitcoin meetup and then it kind of turned into more of a blockchain crypto one. Um, So unfortunately, it was something that I kind of stopped going to a little bit. Absolutely. And now there's another Bitcoin, just like a Bitcoin only starting up. And like, you know, Tampa Bay has uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg, whatever. And, you know, I think at the, the Bitcoin only right now, there's only you know 13 or 14 people that go to that fairly consistently. So, I mean, and that's a big, you know, metropolitan area as well. Um, and, and so I, I think that, you, you know, don't, don't cut yourself short, man. Oh, by no means am I, I'm, I tell my buddy, like, I'm pumped like this, we get a, we get a good turnout. So, um, yeah, by no means am I shorting it. We get a good group of people coming out and we, we've had a, a couple females. So, you know, it's <laughs> nice to have that little bit. So yeah, there you go. Probably being dragged by their fiancés or husbands, but. You know, it happens. I mean, at least they're, they're coming out, though, and, and supporting, you know, and yeah. at the end of the day, it's all about numbers. Now, I've actually had uh, Craig, who who does the Asheville meetup, and I've had Justin yeah. on, too. Um, and I think that's actually how we got connected was Justin. So mm-hmm. uh, the Bitcoin connector doing his thing. So shout out to Justin and oh, yeah. uh, the Asheville meetup down there. Um, so I've had all the I've had a lot of meetups on and uh, are people that run meetups. And I've been to the Nashville one and I've been to a couple other and I want to venture around and maybe like during the fall, I'll come up for a UT football game and then uh, I'll, I'll time it so I can come for a meetup as well. But uh, anyway, like how are you kind of structuring it? Because I've seen um, two, two different ways, right? I, some of them try to you know, maybe do it a little bit more formal and educate and others are more, you know, lax, like let's go have a beer or something and talk about Bitcoin. So what have you kind of, or how have you kind of structured yours? Yeah. So, um, I, uh, before moving to Knoxville, I was a high school substitute teacher. I got, went to school, got a degree in history, wanted to be a high school history teacher. And, um, so I, I just have a desire to educate, you know, uh, so many people, when you try to get them into Bitcoin, they just have the lack of knowledge and they have the lack of desire to go research it. And um, so I wanted the structure of the meetups. I love how Nashville does theirs, you know, the topic. And so what I'm trying to do for, you know, do like a 21 weeks of introduction to Knoxville Bitcoin meetup and so just, you know, what is money? And then the next one, uh, Bitcoin on-chain versus Lightning, hardware wallets, cold storage, and just kind of gradually get into it. I really hope one day to get new people to our meetups because that's, I mean, I want it to be an educational experience. I want Knoxville to have somewhere to go and feel like they truly have a great place to learn and great people around them to learn from and that's that's where you truly do learn it's just those conversations afterwards talking to other bitcoiners getting different perspectives um but yeah like uh, i'm doing it once a month i want it to be something to look forward to i also don't want the meetup to be a second job necessarily and be doing it every week I don't personally drink that fiat juice. So, um, you know, getting together, having beers, don't care. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we're just doing it once a month. And uh, if time, you know, if we start getting bigger and people want to do it more frequently, by all means, you know. But for now, I think once a month's good. Let's start getting some traction. But every, every group has a different opinion about that and different desires. Some people want to have a social gathering with just close friends and you know, that's great. But like I said, just my educational background, I definitely want it to be a learning experience for anyone involved. Yeah, for sure. And that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I think, you know, there's a good mix and, um, you know, it, I think it really depends on the crowd and like, you know, what the, the people there want. Um, I had a uh, heady work on at one point and he kind of helps, um, the OC Bitcoin network up in. Uh, hey, shout out to Hedy Wook because, he, I went to uh, my first meetup was 
one he was putting on and he really kind of helped get the fire going in me. So shout out to him for what he did. So I appreciate him. I was even messaging him, just trying to get help and everything. So I appreciate him. He was one of my early guys in here, him and Brian Harrington. So yeah, I've actually had them both on. So I mean, yeah. the, the California Bitcoiners, they're, they're something else. And I really like them. I had a uh, it's Bitcoiners yeah. in general. Yeah. Bitcoiners in general are something else. There's uh, genuine people. Like it's just, we are different people. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I get, I a hundred percent I'm with you. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it too, like the community is always going to be there to help you. And like, you know, like Hetty and Brian and, you know, Justin and, and all these people that are running networks our meetups are all like willing to network and kind of help each other out. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's just the people that are running the meetups. Like I've, everybody I've kind of run into in the Bitcoin space is, is exactly like that. And, you know, it, it's been a great time in the, uh, in the industry and in the space as well. And, and I just, you know, I, I can't say enough about it. So good on you for organizing that meetup. And I'm going to try to make it out sometime this year. I keep saying that about a lot of these meetups. But hey, I keep, one of these days, but most importantly, local action, get, you know, like as fun as it is going elsewhere, what's important is what you're doing in your hometown and those around you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so uh, just, yeah, the, the fiat expense of uh, traveling all the way around is, uh, is not easy. Yeah. So if uh, somebody wants to sponsor me out there to help me travel around and be boots on the ground, I'd be more than happy to do it. Can you but ride I, a motorcycle? I've seen people doing that traveling. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Shout out like to Sid. Sid. Yeah. Shout out to Sid. Um, so, yeah. I, so we, we haven't really mentioned it yet, but I know that you work in the industry and I think that's really interesting. So um, especially because you, you've only been in Bitcoin for a short time. So why don't you tell us a little bit, I guess, I don't know how much you want to get into what you do, but um, tell us as much as you can, I guess, about uh, what you do in the industry as far as the the actual job. Yeah, so uh, I work for grid infrastructure, so I'm a Bitcoin miner uh, for my fiat job, and um, yeah, been in Bitcoin for a year, and when I was substitute teaching, I would put in podcasts and just be to go down the rabbit hole, you know, the whole day, pass out some assignments. It wasn't much to do as a sub. And um, I just knew I, I had to work in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going to be the future. And if I can find a way to, you know, get involved in the space somehow, get more Bitcoin exposure, it's just going to allow somebody like me who doesn't have a ton of funds to go buy a ton of sats or wasn't in. I think we're having some uh, sound issues. Hold on. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, I'm on my fiance's uh, iPad and she hooked up her AirPods. So. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Go ahead and get into uh, it. Sorry. Where was it, Where did I cut out at? Uh, just start over from the. Uh, so you work for Grid Infrastructure as your fiat job, and that's kind of where you cut okay. out. Okay. Right yeah. So. Um, yeah, just went hard down the rabbit hole and um, just knew I had to get more Bitcoin exposure, knew I had to be around Bitcoin more, and just knew I wanted to be working with Bitcoin and trying to help uh, do Satoshi's work. So I sent out multiple uh, resumes out to different places. Um, right, you miss out on a really hard worker, and um, but I'm so happy with where I'm at. I'm so happy with... Uh, what I'm getting to do every day. Um, I'm getting a plug in miner, miners and securing a Bitcoin network. Um, I get to be creative, get hands on. Um, it's definitely some hard work when you're putting in uh, lots and lots of miners uh, over time. So, um, you know, carrying 30 to 40 pounds over and over, doing uh, like Russian twists with them and stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's definitely some hard work, but w- when you're a Bitcoiner like me and getting that experience, because, you know, like I went to a, a Bitcoin mining meetup in Nashville and, you know, the home miners, like, yeah, that's, I would love to have, you know, one, two, three, whatever at home. But to think like what I'm getting to do and, you know, how, like, it's pretty incredible. And, um, you know, the, the thing is too, like, 
you know, a Bitcoin job like this, you would think there'd be a bunch of me's around, but I'm like one of the few in the company. Um, so my job's also to be trying to orange peel my coworkers to let them see the beauty and everything that we're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, grid is just a really fun experience so far. I mean, I'm truly getting to live the freaking dream right now, uh, doing this. I love going to work. I love being there. Uh, and, uh, it's hard to stop working when I'm there just cause I know what I'm doing. And I think, you know, we're getting to mine Bitcoin at $30,000, you know, sub thirties, like, man, that what we're mining now is going to be worth it here, you know? And just, I wish my coworkers could experience that feeling and know what we're doing, but it is what it is. So, um, yeah, other than that, I'm just working on keeping all of our site, the hash rate up and, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Wait, so I don't want you to dox too many of your coworkers, but it sounds like you don't have like full on all Bitcoiners there. Is that, is that kind of right? I'm the only one. Really? At my site, at a at my site of, you know, there's less than 10 people. Yeah, I'm the only one at our site. And um, there's like maybe one or two throughout the other sites. So. Wow, that's uh, that's yeah. really interesting working at a Bitcoin mining company. I would figure yeah. like everybody no, Don't get me wrong. The, uh, higher up, the guys who I don't necessarily see, there are some more up there as well. But um, oh, yeah. as I far mean, as I was... like on the ground, plugging in miners, like doing the work, uh, so to say, um the you know the harder work um you know there's there's not many of us so it's different it's not what i was not what i was expecting yeah i mean i i'm surprised as well so i kind of would have figured like why would you work for a bitcoin mining company if you're not you know a bitcoiner but hey i mean i guess whatever pays the bills at that point right so hey, i've done fiat jobs that i didn't care about too so yeah that's fair that's fair all right well you kind of mentioned it uh in your uh, little little talk there about about your job so let's get into some of these current event stories so i don't really like to do price talk that often uh, i've actually got a, ch a group chat in there that uh says you know we, we never talk about the price especially when it's going up because we always jinx it but um this is something interesting it's the first time in bitcoin's history that there's been eight straight weekly red candles uh, after it fell below 30k mark on Monday, um, so I yeah, like I said, generally not, but I feel like there's been a lot of fud surrounding Bitcoin, and uh, you know maybe the greater crypto when uh, maybe like the soft hands kind of got in, saw the Luna fud and group Bitcoin with it or what have you. I don't know, um, but I think like th this is kind of interesting because. Um, you know, as a miner and everything, you you have like a, a pretty good understanding of, you know, the, the having events and what that does to hash rate and everything. And thus, you know, what miners need to sell in order to make a profit and, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and I think, you know, kind of coming into this cycle, a lot of Bitcoiners subscribe to the maybe the super cycle theory, where instead of it going in kind of four year cycles, it was kind of only. Uh, going to go straight up or, or not straight up, but gradually increasing um, throughout this halving. And and we've seen it kind of top at, at 69K and now we're kind of floating around 30, maybe just under. So um, I guess, what are your thoughts kind of on, on uh, the price? It seems like you're already a little ex excited about, uh, about the 30K opportunity. So I kind of have a feeling what you're going to say about it, but what do you think about, you know, first time in Bitcoin's history, eight straight red, weekly red candles? Sounds like the first time Bitcoiners have been able to buy the dip for eight weeks in a row, you know? Um, hey, it's opportunity. It's all about what you know is going, you know, about Bitcoin. Um, that's how you're going to view the price action. If you don't know very much about Bitcoin, you're going to be very fearful. If you know a lot about Bitcoin, you're going to be smiling like me. Um, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. And look, look at our world right now, what's going on. We're living in chaos. Markets are down. Everything else is down. You're constantly seeing this crash and that crashing. Um, inflation is going out the roof. I mean, um, we're in unprecedented times. I think any kind of um, technical or, you know, chart analysis or anything is just 
Um, everything's thrown out the window at this point because nobody pr can predict what's going on in the world. And uh, there's such a, you know, mindset that Bitcoin's like a stock and everything. And uh, for people who are new and it just has that same mindset and the correlations I think are showing in the Bitcoin price and uh, due to new people, um, those greedy uh, people being shorted, whatever, uh, just all kinds of crazy things going on that makes the price unpredictable. Uh, it's kind of like the plan B thing. You know, I, when I was getting into it, appreciated it at first, but then, it, and I just learned like, you know, quit paying attention to charts, what's going on with all that, you know, just, uh, keep stacking and you know, everything's going to be fine. Bitcoin would have died by now if it was going to die. So. Um, I'm not concerned about it. And, but that's just, like I said, because of conviction. So. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So, uh, I mean, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people look at Bitcoin and they, they exactly, like you said, they look at stocks and at the end of the day, it's still kind of correlated as much as Bitcoiners kind of want to say it's going to be this un uncorrelated asset. Um, you know, a lot of the FUD surrounding it or, you know, a lot of the things that I hear uh, no coiners say about it is essentially that, you know, Bitcoin is very correlated with growth stocks and things like that. And growth is down. And so so will Bitcoin be. But, you know, at the end of the day, like everything's kind of down. Right. Um, yeah. We kind of have this. Um, it seems like almost an impeding, uh, you know, recession kind of coming on. And uh, I really hope that that's not the case and, and we don't you know, fall deep into it, but I just don't kind of see a way around it. So, I mean, it'll be kind of interesting to see how Bitcoin faces in, in its first like recession, if that comes to it, um, you know, if maybe people kind of flock to Bitcoin or if, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Bitcoin just kind of falls down even a little bit farther, just like uh, the rest of uh, investable assets. I mean, I think uh, my opinion, um, I know maybe people will kind of call me a bear or whatever, but I kind of think it'll kind of float around here for a little bit until we get a little bit closer to the next halving. At least that's kind of what it seem, seems like to me. So, um, you know, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but, um, you know, I'm not exactly like, you know, all into the technical analysis. You know, I agree with you. I was kind of subscribed to the plan B, the stock to flow um, when that was first going, but it seems like, you know, that's that's kind of broken now and, um, I just think we're getting kind of farther away from the point where you can analyze on chain and kind of, uh, make predictions that way. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, the price, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm still buying. sounds like you're still buying. Um, and obviously not financial advice or anything like that. Uh, if you want financial advice, maybe check out the Canadian Bitcoiners who are, you know, in the, uh, in the chat, just kidding. They don't get financial advice. Uh, it's a big joke, but, um, yeah, I mean, but here we go. I, I, I just keep buying and, uh, I think you'll be in a good spot. I mean, as long as you have a, you know, a long enough time horizon, Bitcoin's going to be there. So, uh, I don't for know. Grandkids. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Hold for, uh, for dear life. So this Absolutely. is, yeah. So this is another story that we're, we're going to dive into. I think, uh, it's kind of interesting because I'd like to hear about, you know, what you what your experience is with, uh, you know, Bitcoin mining with grid, but, um, there was a recently a white paper published in the journal Marine science, a journal of Marine science and engineering that, uh, they're going to be using ocean thermal energy conversion, uh, to use for Bitcoin mining. Um, so it, in this paper, it said it has the potential to unlock between two and eight, terawatts of clean and continuous power by harnessing the thermal energy of the oceans. So, you know, I'm an engineer by, by trade, but, you know, more like on the biomechanical side opposed to, uh, you know, maybe the um, this kind of realm. So I'm going to explain it on a very surface level and not really get into the deep technologies because I don't think I could do it any justice. But essentially, what they're going to do is, is harness the warm tropical water at the top and the deep cold seawater towards the bottom of the ocean um, to kind of provide heat for this conventional engine. 
And then they'll also use the cool water to kind of uh, submerge the ASIC miners, which I think is kind of a, a unique perspective. Um, so the way Jack Dorsey uh, tweeted, uh, you know, maybe maybe a while ago, I can't remember exactly when, but at one point he tweeted, Bitcoin encourages the use of, of renewable energy. And so it seems like, you know, with a lot of these projects going on that, you know, people are kind of trying to find a way to harness this renewable energy. So what has your experience been uh, you uh, mine or working for a Bitcoin mining company? Are you guys kind of, uh, you know, diving into renewable energy or, or, or something along those lines? Or can you give us like you know, maybe a little nugget or, or something like that on, on like how, how the process is? Yeah, um, I mean, you could, the VP of the company goes on the uh, What Bitcoin Did podcast and he talks about it in a lot better explanation than I do. Um, but yeah, we look for renewables, uh, clean energy. That's just where the world's going nowadays. If you want to get um, investors, you know, looking into your companies and stuff, like they, everybody wants clean energy and everything. Um, but uh, the ocean thermal energy, it's definitely something fascinating, um, especially when you think about El Salvador and doing geothermal energy. Um, but that's kind of the cool part is you know, with the whole Bitcoin mining, it provides incentive for people to go out and, you know, uh, get that energy and find new ways and to get more creative than what we've ever been. Um, and with technology uh, advancing like the way it is, uh, Harry Sudog likes to say, like, we for energy, they used to go out in the ocean and kill whales for the blubber, you know, and that sounds ridiculous nowadays, you know, and so, uh, you know, digging wells, I, I have the oil field background as well, uh, back home in Bakersfield, big oil field um, area. So I did several years out in the oil fields. Um, so to just think like, you know, with time, the way the world's changing and everything um, and how diverse that energy uh, rabbit hole is um and just how deep that rabbit hole is i mean it's going to be really fascinating at the way our world innovates and try to find new and creative ways um you know i'm by no means an engineer uh but that ocean thermal energy like um kind of talking with some guys who might know some things about you know that area and uh just talking about you know it just seems unlikely you know maybe the um costs up front it just it seems hard to imagine but you know people get proved wrong all the time um and people are getting more and more creative by day uh so it's just going to be super fascinating you know um it provides you know third world countries who have renewable energy sources you know they're going to find new and creative ways to find energy for the first time and uh have incentives to do that and um, it's just amazing what Bitcoin is going to unlock. It's not just for, you know, money. Um, you could just shoot that anywhere. You know, it's going to affect energy. It's going to affect food. It's going to affect health. It's going to affect, you know, the list goes on. Just what Bitcoin's going to touch. And uh, it's just going to be beautiful what it does to our society if we adopt the Bitcoin standard as a whole. Yeah, I mean, and, and we got Dan in the uh, in the chat, a former co-host of mine yeah. as well. That's, but, uh, that was another thing, too. I was thinking, like, I mean, think about it. Oil fields used to be on the ground, and they went and did the offshore mining. You know, like, there, there's so many new and in, uh, innovations coming. You know, who knows what's going to be happening. So hopefully the ocean thermal proves us wrong, and we have a new way of getting energy. Yeah. And, and I'm okay. So Dan said, imagine a giant offshore Bitcoin mining rig. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent there. I mean, I have a buddy that goes and, uh, works for, for shell and he goes and, and flies out and stays in on an oil rig in the ocean in the Gulf for two weeks at a time. Then he gets two weeks off and that's kind of how, how he works. And that's you know, a fairly common practice in that industry as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I couldn't see uh, a world where that wouldn't be something feasible. You know, I mean, people would work, do it now for oil. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't doubt that they do it, you know, for Bitcoin mining or they find a way to do it that way, too. So um, a lot of interesting stuff. And I think, you know, 
like you said, it, Bitcoin changes a lot and a lot of Bitcoiners are kind of realizing the power or people in general are realizing the power of Bitcoin. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just going to keep causing more innovation. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll even get like the, the Canadian Bitcoiners are in here saying like, you know, we can use geothermal and higher electric. And we, we'll get the, the U.S. Naval Fleet to maybe start mining Bitcoin or something like that, uh, which would be something very interesting. You know, I mean, I don't know if necessarily we'd have the Naval Fleet doing it, but, you know, private companies or, or people along those lines. I mean, you know, every country seemingly has some body of water, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a giant lake or, or near an ocean um, where they can uh, they could, uh, you know, potentially mine Bitcoin off of. Um, so it's interesting to see a lot of these countries and uh, people just trying to find ways to use natural energy sources um, that we haven't really like that. It hasn't really been pushed to to do that prior. And now we're kind of making that big push, it seems. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, great stuff there. Um, so on the next story. Um, so the Oslo Freedom Forum is going on right now. And uh, there's some big name Bitcoiners there. You know, I've seen, um, yeah, I've seen a bunch of people. Our buddy, uh, good friend Bitcoin Gandalf is there. So shout out to Bitcoin Gandalf. But um, we've also seen Jack Maulers is up there of Strike. Um, so what I thought was interesting and the big takeaway I took from there is I saw that Jack Maulers and the Human Rights Foundation CSO um, and others got together with the Norwegian government to educate them on Bitcoin. So it seems like a lot of these uh, maybe conferences or meetups, if you want to call it that, are happening with government officials and with uh, maybe some people in the, in the finance realm. So we have the Oslo Freedom Forum going on, which is, uh, to my understanding, kind of like a Bitcoin conference. And um, then we have that. And then we also had, you know, the El Salvador meeting um, last week where Bukele got, I think it was like 44 different countries came and, and brought some representative to to meet and, and get orange-pilled as well. So um, what do you think about, I guess, government adoption and uh, not only like orange-pilling, you know, just plebs, but now orange-pilling governments? Yeah, so, uh, you know, this is uh, definitely a debatable topic in the Bitcoin space. And... Uh, my personal view is, you know, if we could get more politicians to echo the Bitcoin name out there and get more people orange filled through their voice, you know, it, I think it is what it is. Um, I don't know. You know, it's just a, it's a slippery slope. It's a beautiful thing, but then, man, it could get so ugly so quick. But ultimately, if we all buy Bitcoin, it doesn't matter what the government says. We don't need them. So. Um, as much as I want them to try to say, yes, make it legal tender and uh, adoption happen, you know, who knows, maybe the regulations they put on it makes that not worth it. And um, but, you know, for now, it's after seeing what El Salvador did, you know, it's just like, well, if it is going to happen, then let's try to make it happen. Find a genuine person um, who's going to echo that voice. And. Uh, Bitcoiners are pretty easy to pick out. You know, you can tell who's a genuine Bitcoiner or not, it, by the way their passion shows, the, the way they talk about it. And, you know, sometimes you can be able to pick out the BS and the politicians and the way they, you know, maybe they say crypto all of a sudden or whatever. Um, you know, it's kind of a red flag. You could tell who's the hardcore orange-filled ones um, and who's not. So, uh, tread carefully if you are interested in China Orange Pill. I tweet out the Knoxville mayor, you know, the WWE guy, Kane. Um, I try to message him on, or shout him out on Twitter. Big guy never replies. Head us up, Kane. Come check out a Bitcoin meetup. Let's Orange Pill Knoxville. I mean, I don't know how much more simpler it gets than that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy what that could do. You know, the... El Salvador thing, all those countries. The beautiful thing about what El Salvador did, you know, the other day at those countries, those are a bunch of poor third world countries. Imagine if those are the first countries to adopt Bitcoin and the G7, G20 countries get left behind. Amazing. They get payback for all the torture they've been put through through the years. You know, all the tyranny they face and everything they've been put
put down and basically shut out from flourishing, you know, human societies for years, and they could have an opportunity to choose their own money for the first time and adopt the Bitcoin standard. So um, obviously these big events are super impactful for the space, um, but also there's snakes out there. So you gotta be careful. Yeah, I, in my personal opinion, I never really trust uh, politicians uh, just because they, they need votes or they need approval. So it almost seems like they'll say whatever they want. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's kind of some aspect of, you know, needing to get votes or whatever um, that maybe they'll listen to the, the people's voices. Now, I'm always against kind of regulation. And uh, I think my, my buddy Bitcoin Gandalf, he made a good point where he said he'd rather have Bitcoin um, just kind of avoid capital gains taxes and let the free market decide what the best sound money is. And now I'm starting to come around and subscribe to that theory as well, just because like, you know, when there's regulation, there's always some sort of halt and you need the proper education to make the proper, you know, legislation around it. And I just don't think that, uh, politicians are going to be willing to put in the time for it, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, by the time that they put in the time for it and, and figure it out, it'll be too late. You know, Bitcoin just keeps trucking on. So I hope that, you know, Bitcoin eventually, uh, you know, just kind of becomes so big that it's just, you know, legal tender everywhere. If people are accepting it. You know, I mean, I guess if you ran a business or if I ran a business um, where I was selling some product and, you uh, at the end of the day, if I wanted to be like, hey, I'm only going to accept Bitcoin, like, you know, you'll pay me in Bitcoin, right? And uh, I think like some people will will do that and some people will kind of move towards that. Um, but it'll be interesting. I think, you know, we're in the US, we're still a little bit away from like education in there. Uh, I think a lot of smaller countries have less to lose than United States. So I think, you know, well, that's why we're seeing countries like El Salvador and smaller countries kind of join in, join forces and everything like that. Um, but we already mentioned it. We already mentioned the Central African Republic. And so they, they obviously made it legal tender. I've, I've heard rumblings too, that they're going to make their own coin kind of similar to Miami coin, unfortunately. So hopefully that that doesn't happen and they stay with just Bitcoin as legal tender. But now they're going to create a Bitcoin island. Um, so they're they're dubbing it the Sango Investment Hub and they're going to call it Crypto Island, um, where the Sango is going to be you know a digitally wallet uh, issued by the government, kind of sim similar to the Chivo wallet in El Salvador. But essentially, they've got three in, uh, three objectives of this island to build the investment hub, uh, first investment hub in Africa, take Bitcoin to the next level. I'm not quite sure what that means, but that's what one of their objectives and build this crypto island. So what do you think of, uh, I guess, El Salvador and Central African Republic both kind of building like their own Bitcoin hubs? Because we've got Bitcoin City in El Salvador and uh, now Crypto Island in uh, Central African Republic. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, it's all fancy, but it, that comes with it, you know, like, you know, what's the purpose of it that we could be using that energy and focus on trying to create something like that to more and trying to educate people, uh, get more people involved, you know, interacting with Bitcoin. Um, I just feel like right now at times like this, you know, money could be used a lot better than that. But ultimately, you know, that's the way they're going to do it. And that the politician games, you know, that's that's part of that slippery slope is they want to add in their th tweaks to it. But, you know, if El Salvador turns into, you know, a paradise for Bitcoiners in the future, then I'm going to be, you know, my thoughts will be wrong about it. And Max Kaiser will be enjoying himself. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's fascinating stuff, but, um, you know, the adoption of legal tender, uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing that. Um, anything to get us filled up to that point across the world, I think it would be uh, really fascinating to see. Um, but ultimately, you know, like we were talking about, if everybody just chooses the money and chooses Bitcoin, then the free market decides that way. So, um it would be nice to see, you know, like 
what's really cool is the meetups are essentially doing what these governments are trying to do with these crypto hubs, but more at a local level and um, grassroots. And that's the cool thing about the meetups is what they're trying to do with these, you know, they're trying to bring in money, play the fiat games by creating these destination places. But ultimately, you know, the meetups and everything like that, that's where everything does happen. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And I think it is kind of like a publicity stunt too uh, of these two things. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, Bitcoin becoming legal tender in these two places is a publicity stunt in itself as well. I mean, like, I know plenty of people who have traveled to El Salvador now when, you know, before that I didn't, I had no desire to go to El Salvador. I mean, I did, you know, I'm no offense to, to there as a country or anything like that, but you know, you think of like tropical islands, you think of, you know, Aruba, like maybe something like that. Um, you never really heard of like El Salvador as like kind of like a, a destination. And now like, it seems like a beautiful place and, and everything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to clean it up. Granted, I don't think building a city at the base of a volcano is necessarily a great idea, but Hey, that's that's not uh, in my prerogative or anything like that. Uh, I think uh, you know they're they're good ideas and they're they're good publicity. And like I know Bitcoin or uh, El Salvador is using their Bitcoin bonds to fund the city, which is kind of cool. And uh, they're getting a lot of donations from it too. So it doesn't seem like it's all from like taxation. It almost seems like it's crowdfunded, which is kind of kind of cool to see a lot of people rally around El Salvador, but. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you're right. I, I think, uh, well, in the United States, we kind of have like the infrastructure, right? So we have big cities, you know, Knoxville, not not necessarily like a big name city, but it is a good size city. And there is a lot of people and obviously a lot of stuff going on there uh, in the Bitcoin space as well. There's Nashville, you know, a lot of these hubs uh, are kind of becoming more and more like destinations for Bitcoiners, and I think that that's going to continue, right? Like, I kind of want to travel around just so I could see, like, the boots on the ground and the, the Bitcoiners all over the country well. Um, so not just uh, privy to, to, to my uh, where I'm living right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I also think it's, it's, it's an interesting tactic. And I think the publicity also kind of forces some people to get educated. So whether you like it or not, it's some sort of marketing for Bitcoin. I don't like Bitcoin obviously doesn't have a CEO, so nobody can control its marketing tactics. So Bitcoiners are just going to market it how Bitcoiners want to. And I think that that this is kind of their way, the government's way of promoting it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the kind of thing like how I feel about politicians, you know, echoing Bitcoin. You know, it's just another way of adoption happening. And, you know, kind of it is what it is at that point. So. Just pick your poison. What would you rather, you know, have happen? I don't know. It's because the politicians make you feel like, oh, well, then hyper-Bitcoinization can come quicker because that, oh, they adopted this legal tender. We just have this euphoria. Oh, hyper-Bitcoinization is coming right around the corner. And um, it's hard to kind of put those emotions and feelings aside um, when you do see things like that and realize, you know, it's two countries out of 100, you know, 70 to 180, however many it is, and uh, in the world, and they're small in comparison. So, well, you did bring up a point, and I wasn't going to ask about this, but I, I kind of want to get your opinion. Do you think that hyper Bitcoinization is there? Because I've kind of heard two schools of thought. So, I'm, I'm curious where you're at. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think as time goes on, I go back and forth with my answer. So, I would say right now in time, um, you know, I would just say with the pace, everything is growing, the technologies that are being built on top of Bitcoin, uh, the lightning network, which I am like super bullish on lightning network. Um, you know, it's, it's going to happen, you know, pretty quickly here soon, I feel. And, um, it's just going to be so in your face and people, you you know, you think about lightning invoices, you know, in the early years and what they're turning into now and somewhat the complications is being new to lightning and uh, just what Jack Dorsey and Spiral's doing with the uh, lightning developing kit and uh, 
what how easy and seamless that makes it to use that on Cash App or a similar service like Moon Wallet and how simple and easy that is. Um, you know, there's other wallets like Blue Wallet that isn't quite as convenient to use Lightning, you know, if you're newer. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I think uh, the hyper-Bitcoinization thing, I think I would say yes because of everything that's being built on top of it and around it. Um, it may not be the fact that a majority of the world's population has it in their pockets, but it's definitely, um, there is a lot of uh, ignition ready to be set off here soon. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. And I think uh, hyper-Bitcoinization is here because at the end of the day, everybody, almost everybody in the globe has some way to access or get Bitcoin, in my opinion, or, or if not everybody, majority of people do. Um, and you know, you, you're getting to the point where all these apps and everything are being built up, you know, we're having billion dollar industries like the Bitcoin mining industry, I think in 2021 was like a $15 billion industry. So you're telling me that, uh, something that isn't, uh, necessarily, <clears throat> um, I guess hyper Bitcoinized or like available all over, all over the globe, um, and a $15 billion industry isn't uh, something that's significant. I think if you go down the street and ask a random person, do you know what, uh, have you heard of Bitcoin? Everybody in the United States are, is probably going to say yes. Now, granted, I still think that there's a lot of education gap and we're actually going to get into a cool project next about education. But I think that we're, um, we're still like, you know, a little ways away on that. Um, but I think, you know, the accessibility and uh, the way that you can use Bitcoin now is uh, greater than ever before. And I think that's just going to continue. So I would kind of agree with you there, too. And the, the person that kind of opened my eyes to that is, is has Hedy Walk. So our Hedy Walk. So shout out to him again. I know uh, I know we keep kind of bringing him up, but he, he's great for the space. And he kind of eyes a little bit, too. So. Um, but yeah, I mentioned it as well uh, in my little montage right there. But uh, we've got like an education project going on in Argentina. So I'm flipping the hat backwards. I mean business now. Uh, Bitcoin has taught our Bitcoin is now going to be taught in 40 different high schools in Argentina. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's also 4000 high school students. Um, so Bitcoin Argentina is who's funding this. And there are non-governmental organizations. I kind of want to put make that, uh, you know, uh, make that point there, and that they're partnering with the education system, and as well with partnering with Built with Bitcoin. Um, and so now, currently, the inflation rate in Argentina is over fifty-five percent. So it seems like that they, they need a change, right? And so it seems like they're leaning towards moving towards a hard money like like Bitcoin. Uh, granted that the people understand this and the people want to uh you know move towards a, a new currency and something else um and i think that they're kind of going against the government because i think the government kind of sees the way the imf and other things have kind of come at el salvador and central african republic and it kind of shied them away because uh, i know that they haven't necessarily been like full forward towards bitcoin but um, I think if enough of the people and maybe if some more education happens at the high school level, um, it could be very positive for Bitcoin. So uh, this is kind of the first country that I'm seeing like implemented in their education system. So what do you think about uh, Bitcoin being ingrained into, you know, the, the overall education system in Argentina and in any country? Yeah, I mean, that's what we need. We need uh, being from the education system, uh, there is a lack of knowledge in the students coming up in this world nowadays. And, you know, uh, they just don't teach things like that here in the US. And I'm sure they don't teach that in a lot of other places as well. Um, you know, about hard money or any economics in general, you know, you get a very brief one semester, dip your toe in in high school and you know, on your way to go. Um, and so for places like this to be doing stuff like that, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about educating the people, 
um, giving them the knowledge, and hopefully they end up getting the conviction and start orange pilling people themselves. And that's the purpose of why we do the Knoxville meetups and the structure that we do. We want them to have the conviction that we do and to go share that with those around them. And um, man, uh, I would wear my uh, Bitcoin sweatshirt to sub that, uh, you know, back home. And uh, I'd get some students uh, reoccurring in the class. Uh, oh, it's a Bitcoin sub. So um, I may not have been able to like teach them about Bitcoin overall. A couple asked me some questions and I got to get down to it. Well, what do you think of NFTs? Don't do that, you know, just do Bitcoin. And um, yeah, so uh, I try to at least give them a touch. I can be like, man, remember that high school sub we had who was wearing a Bitcoin sweatshirt? Like how weird. Um, but yeah, if only more places in the world would do things like this and start educating their people about Bitcoin, um, you know, the better off. But the governments and uh, they don't want their people knowing about, a lot of them don't want their people knowing about Bitcoin. So unfortunately, Having a Bitcoin education system is going to be further away, but that's why there's so many. We have the internet. We don't need the education system anymore. Um, you know, nobody taught me Bitcoin. I went and learned it myself. But that's there's so many people putting out great work. There's a lot of resources out there now. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's uh, the one aspect about all Bitcoiners is they're they've kind of took it upon themselves to learn, right? So they they're lifelong learners. Um, but you know, not everybody's like that. And I think, you know, some people like think about money once every, once every month when rents due or pays or bills are due or something like that. Like, all right, do I have enough or something like that? As long as they have enough, they don't really care about it or anything like that. So I think, um, one, I think educating people on fi financial education is very important I know uh, in Florida, Ron DeSantis passed a bill where that's going to start being taught in high schools here. So uh, good on him for doing that. And I hope that that kind of gets into the realm of, of teaching about Bitcoin. I know a couple uh, teachers down here and, and in other places, too, that are uh, teachers in private schools that are teaching it. Um, but, you know, like obviously in the public schools, that's where a majority of people are. And, and that's kind of where you, you get... Um, you, you know, at the end of the day, that that'll kind of help change and shift the uh, the mindset of people. But, you know, I, I at the end of the day, Bitcoin is or, you know, the financial system is run by the government and uh, public school systems are funded by the government. So, um, you know, Bitcoin kind of uh, is combative to that. So I don't know if they really have an incentive to teach their students about it. Not but, you know, I I. Uh, Hopefully one day that they'll, they'll do that. And, uh, you know, but we'll see. I think the education system kind of has a long way to come. Um, but I also know, too. It's awful right now. So it has a long ways to come. I mean, just finances alone, the education system now. So, yeah, exactly. And I know uh, I had Kyle Murphy on last week. And uh, he he's getting with people at the University of Texas to teach a Bitcoin class. And I think like, you know, the people are going to start waking up to how many jobs are available if you know or prove that you have some skills that can help some Bitcoin companies. And at the end of the day, you need to have the knowledge of Bitcoin in order to, to work at it, at least in my opinion. Um, so I'm, I was kind of surprised to hear that a lot of uh, non-Bitcoiners work with you, but that's another time, you know, um, but um I think that, you know, this will just kind of help more people get into the industry. And um, once one college does it, um, you know, others will follow once they see maybe it's a bigger draw or something like that or get some good. It's assessment. a weird guy dancing alone and then all of a sudden that other weird guy is joining them. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's a lot of uh, a lot of followers. Right. So yeah. um, so the next story and it's kind of the last one to wrap up here is Balenciaga and a couple other luxury brands. So I'm not necessarily a luxury brand guy, but uh, they're now accepting Bitcoin as payment. And the reason why I think that this, this story is significant is not necessarily because these big brands are accepting it. It's because of who their clients are. Their clients are wealthy individuals. And what this kind of tells me and, you know, you could either agree or disagree, but what this tells me is that these big wealthy individuals who are buying these products 
have brought it to their attention that they want to pay in this this you know currency in Bitcoin. And so they're doing what their clients want, and they're not just doing this for publicity because Balenciaga doesn't need any publicity. Gucci doesn't need any publicity. They get rappers rapping about it all the time or people shouting them out. You know, I think Kanye West has partnered with Balenciaga and Gap to make some some shoes or something. So now maybe Kanye is going to be holding Bitcoin if he already doesn't. So, I mean, like, like they're just getting they already have enough publicity as it is. So I don't really see this as a publicity stunt. I see this as them kind of uh, answering to their clients. Um, so what do you think? Do you think like you know, these wealthy individuals are kind of uh, trying to, to pay in Bitcoin? Or do you think that it, you know, I, I'm wrong about it and it's a publicity stunt? No, I mean, shoot, there could be some really smart, wealthy people out there who truly understand what's going on in the world and see what inflation is doing to their purchasing power. And maybe they are orange pilled themselves, you know, or they have people on their board who are orange pilled. And, you know, this could be a good thing. You know, uh, obviously, I want to see some smaller local businesses do it and help the local communities grow from a grassroots level rather than this. But more Bitcoin exposure, the better. And like your point as well, uh, you know, their clients that they have, wealthy individuals and uh the more they see it, you know, they're going in there occasionally. Oh, they have this again. What, what is that? You know, what, how, how do I pay in that? And I, uh, I worked at a brewery back home, uh, Lengthwise Brewing Company in Bakersfield, and they accept Bitcoin there. We set them up with a note, and uh, they accept Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool what, when you put stickers and, you know, Bitcoin accepted here. Uh, the conversation you start to have, and that's just one of those touches for so many people, you know, and who knows, by the time they go back in that Gucci shop or whatever, um, and maybe they had a couple more touches in between, maybe they got their own wallet and they're paying for Bitcoin the next time. So, uh, you know, definitely fascinating stuff. Hopefully, um, they're able to pay through Lightning and save those uh, fees, And uh, but I'm sure they don't know about all that quite yet. Um, but yeah, it's really cool stuff. And it's, you know, it's that domino effect, that one weird guy dancing alone and then another one. And just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's inevitable. Yeah, exactly. And I think more and more of these companies are going to start accepting Bitcoin. And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, businesses as a whole, they're, they're seeing this 3% fee that, that you're talking about that Jack Mahler's talked about in his uh, keynote at Bitcoin Miami. You know, all these companies are, are going to start feeling the pain of inflation and, and rising costs to their, you know, capital expenditures, which is just essentially a big word for their expenses. Right. So, you know, wages are going up, everything's going up. And so their bottom line and their prices are going to have to go up. But, you know, there's this line that they got to toe with supply and demand. So if they can limit some of their expenses with, you know, reducing that 3% fee that they get now on mostly digital payments, uh, that can be very advantageous for especially some of these big players where, you know, if you buy like a $1,000 bag or whatever from Balenciaga, it's uh, that 3% fee is now $30, you know, and like that over time when you don't sell as many because you're like a luxury brand, um, that, you know, might, might add up and, uh, you know, so it seems like they're, they're kind of moving towards that. So and, and obviously wealthy individuals have kind of wanted it. So now uh, now Balenciaga is going to have to, um, you know, not only have somebody that that understands how to accept the payments in Bitcoin, but they're also going to have to have somebody in the accounting department that knows how to uh, deal with those Bitcoin payments. So. Uh, a well, lot of it, here's yeah. a fascinating thing of what I tell businesses, if, you know, if I try to orange film and about accepting Bitcoin, you know, you mentioned the saving on fees, but also with where we are at with Bitcoin adoption, others not wanting to separate with their stats, you're going to get probably far less than even 5% of your overall transactions in Bitcoin. So all you need to do is just view that as your stores treasury savings and just don't think about it for a few years and um you know just hold on that bitcoin for now so just imagine like whatever bitcoin payments you do have just it's gone just put it away for a while and just save it for later 
Amen. Amen. And on that, let's wrap it up. So um, thank you so much for joining me. Everybody go check out the Knoxville Bitcoin meetup. And uh, what is it? At at uh, Bitcoin KBN. Is that correct? Yeah. And yeah. Knoxville Bitcoin Network. Uh, there is another meetup out there, our former one. So just if you Google it, whatever, it'll trip you up. So Knoxville Bitcoin Network. We got a website as well. My buddy Connor did a great job on it. Uh, KnoxvilleBitcoin.com. We're on Meetup Sap, Twitter. Uh, got some information, resource videos on YouTube, but uh, mainly our website page will be a good instructional resource as well. Yeah, awesome. And I'll put uh, all that stuff in the show notes. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, find them on Twitter. They got their website on their bio. Uh, and that's where I found everything as well. So, um, be sure to give them a follow. And if you're in the surrounding area in Knoxville, uh, go ahead and check them out. Go ahead and join. Um, when is the date of the meetup? When do you guys have it? Uh, try to do it like the last Wednesday of every month. So the next one will be June 22nd. There we go. Last Wednesday of every month. Mark it on the calendar right now and figure out those travel plans to get to Knoxville. I uh, don't uh, go to see any University of Tennessee games. They're not really worth it. They're a trash football program. Whatever, neither here nor there. Let's talk Bitcoin instead. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah, out. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Have thank a good you. one.